You are now listening to a Corporate Streets presentation. Welcome to the Powercast. The Powercast. The Powercast. This is the Corporate Streets Powercast. During this Powercast, we're going to talk about a little bit of self-enlightenment, self-help. We're going to talk about the 48 Laws of Power. And this is TJ. And I am Jaren. All right, man. And we're going to get right into it. This this is our first episode of this series, man. I'm pretty excited for it. What about you? Man, I am really excited about it. Um Man, I don't know. It's, it was it been like five or six years probably since um, I first told you about like I was uh, listening to this audio book. Do you? Right. Yep. And then yep. Uh, so that's by Russell Simmons. And then after that, I went on this kind of uh, this mission on listening to all these audio books. And so I listened to um, The Power of Now and Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. I listened to audio autobiography of a yogi and how to win friends and influence people. And now um, we always hear about the 48 laws of power. Um, A lot of people always reference it. And I'm finally I finally decided I want to listen to this audio book. I told uh, TJ that I was listening to it and that it was good. And maybe this is something we could talk about on the show every week. Yeah. And immediately I thought it was an awesome idea. I had been meaning to get to the 48 laws of power as well. And like Jaron said, it's, it's been referenced multiple times. And I just wanted to see what all the fuss was about. Why is it being referenced so much by... And when I hear it referenced, I always hear it referenced in some type of rap song or some type of interview by a person in um, in, in the music culture. Right. So I wanted to... See, and they were doing pretty well for themselves. I wanted to see what the fuss was about. So it was on my list. I hadn't gotten to it. Jaron is good about that. Uh, for me, anyway, in my life, he's good about taking something and just saying, you know what, let's try this. Let's do it. It's like, you know what, I've been meaning to do that. So you're right. Let's do it. So mm-hmm. here we are. So here we now are. we're doing a podcast and we're going to go over all 48 laws. We're going to drop a law a week. Uh, this is not going to be the first law. This one is going to be the preface. We're going to talk about the preface a little bit. Right. Because the preface hits that hard, by the way. I must say that in a preface, it's just usually whenever I read, it's just a couple words about how it came to be and my grandmother died and I wrote this book and dedicated it to her. <laughs> right. But in this one, the preface, it was, a, it was a very good preface and very detailed about what you would be embarking upon if you continue to read the book of The 48 Laws of Power. And it has enough detail and enough information to talk about it on the first show so we're actually going to have 49 shows for the 48 laws of power at least right. 49 because we're going to do the preface and the 48 laws i don't know what's going to come thereafter because it's going to be damn near a year before we finish this thing and, and not to mention i mean i guess it's possible that some of the laws could be so long that we might have to split it up into two shows you know what i didn't think about that i that's just a, thought about that point. just now <laughs> That's that's a pretty good point. We talked about this Some show. Some of them can be two shows. We talked. I mean, about we this could show. make it. And we could make it one long show, or yeah, maybe we can record it as one long show and drop it in two parts. Because 
another thing that we wanted to try to do that's a little different from the Corporate Streets podcast. By the way, we are the creators of the Corporate Streets podcast. If you if you reached this uh, powercast prior to listening to our podcast that we drop every week on Tuesdays, make sure you go and listen to that because we do have thought provoking conversation. That is our aim, and I think we are successful in that every week on every Tuesday. Go listen. Um, but this is going to be this show is going to be a little different in a sense that it's going to be a shorter show for you to listen to. So maybe we just record as long as we need to, and we just cut it when we need to cut it to make okay. it a two show. And maybe we do something like and the, that. And the other difference you probably noticed is that TJ opened up the show, which was very, ah. that was very hard for me to sit back and listen to that. But you know, <laughs> I'm growing. <laughs> Yo, dog, come on, man. That's what this is about. Self growth. I'm growing. That's that's what this whole thing is about. And and that's part of the reason I initiated it was this reason we're doing this is to get out of the comfort zone and experience something different and experience something new. That's why I'm intrigued by this book, The Forty Eight Laws of Power, because everything that I've been doing, I've been doing for up to my thirty three years of life. So why not listen to something that seems insightful and maybe try something different if it makes sense? And you know what? And so and speaking of it being different and just being out of the comfort zone, like those books that I mentioned earlier, those are all about being peaceful and, you know, being honest and not really um, getting involved in any conflicts. Uh, this book, on the other hand, is more i think i think uh, robert green that's the author i don't know if we said that earlier but robert green is the author of the 48 laws of power and he actually described it as being a handbook in the arts of misdirection and deception and deception right and so yeah well, exactly and so and so it's it's a little different it kind of um, it kind of spits in the face in a, of a few of the things that like I would have learned in some of the other books that I talked about, but I can see how these things can be useful and not necessarily, you know, you hear a word like misdirection or deception, you might think like, oh wait a minute, what is this about? <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I said in the last podcast that I was sick, and I'm sorry, I still am. Um, but it might sound like this might be a little negative or a little shady, but it's far from that. Um, it is. So, so that's far. another thing. You have to have an open mind about it. And that's the whole purpose of us trying to bring this to, well, Robert Greene brought it to the masses. But we're trying to bring it to our Corpus Trees listeners and right. any other listener that's willing to listen. We're going to take this book. We're going to read the law and we're going to digest it. And we're going to try to give you our interpretation of what we got from it and maybe even give some examples of it in its use, whether it's our situation or if it's a celebrity that we saw that utilized these same tactics. And I mean, once you start listening or once we start talking about it, you're going to notice that there are people that are doing this every single day. And the preface did talk about people are players of the game of power Mm -hmm. and some of them don't even realize Mm -hmm. that they are playing it and some of them are pretty good at it (coughs) and it's important to know that it is a game of power and that's probably one of the one of the things that i took away from the preface it's it talked it, it basically talked about um the aristocratic court 
and that the courtiers are basically advisors to the king and queen and that there are a bunch of them running around and everybody wants to be the closest to the king and queen, right? And it was a quote from Machiavelli that says, um, any man who tries to be good all of the time is bound to come to ruin amongst the great number of those who are not good. Right. And so um, I think that they were really trying to make the parallel between the courtiers back in the day and what our society is doing now where we believe that we are the most refined and we are the most fair and we are the most just. Right. However, there are players of power that are out there and we don't even know it. We're not even aware of it unless you know about the game. Or like, there's a background game going on every single day and you don't even know. Or like, And there's people out there who aren't necessarily playing by these rules or they're not playing in a way where you might consider it fair you know they may be out there using deception they might be you know just basically misdirecting you thinking that they're playing the same game well, i mean they are playing the same game they just play it differently and they might play right. it better than you and you know what and some of them they're and it, they talk about it in the preface they're going to say that they don't play a game that they're not in a game of power and that this is not about power I'm just being honest with you. I'm being, I'm, I'm powerless. I don't have any power. Who am I? Right. And those are the people to be aware of because if you weren't trying to utilize power for your own, or you, if you weren't trying to gain anything for your own self benefit, you wouldn't try to gain any sympathy or any, any power from being powerless. Right. That's, that's so you also, gotta watch out. you know, trying to play on people's sympathy. That is a power play. That that's a tactic. That, Can you believe that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kids do it all the time. You know, just with the crying. You know, as a, as a little kid, you know, they start crying because you know they couldn't get any cookies. That's a power play. That's a kid's attempt to like. Yeah, they're sad, but then they start learning. Like, oh, maybe if I start crying, he's gonna give me this cookie to make me shut up. I just won right. this battle. Exactly. And they effectively get what they want. Right. <laughs> even younger so than that, even younger than that kid learns, they start crying and mom's going to come with, with the, with the breast milk. For, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make a joke. Sorry. <laughs> this is a serious. Show. <laughs> There'll be a couple of jokes in there too. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the fact is, is that, uh, what I got from the preface is that there is a game of power and there are certain rules to abide by. And you can say that you don't want to play the game of power and you can say that you want out and you want nothing to do with it. But what you're going to find is you're going to lose to people who are playing the power game and you got to get you got to get your stats up so you can get some wins. Yeah, on the board, Just, baby. just because you say you you're not going to stats up. You can't you can't not play. You're in the game. You're constantly in the game if you're, you know, dealing with people. And so you might be taking the L in the game, but you're playing. You can't say you're not going to play if you're at work. You know what? You know what this reminds me of, Or in a relationship of, of any sort. Exactly. You know what this reminds me of? What's that? If, if a large group of society is playing this power game and you don't play as well as your opponent, you, you, you lose and you become powerless and it reminds me of video games okay so 
Think about when you're playing video games at home and you think that you're really good because the only style of play that you see is with the computer or your friends or your family that come over. Right. And then you venture out online and you begin to see other tactics and you even you even see glitches sometimes that they're that they're using. <laughs> Right. And you keep getting annihilated, right? right? And your first thought is, man, they are cheating out here. This is not even fair. This is not even fun. They're cheating. I don't want to play no more. And they're doing, or they, they might even be doing the same move over and over. I played Madden, and they would do the same screen pass over and over, but I couldn't stop it. And I felt like they were cheating. They were using the AI on the, on the game in the way that I've never seen before. Right. They were taking advantage of the game and its glitches that I didn't know about. They used some overpowered play. Or use some overpowered play, right? But once I started to learn their moves and their tactics, and it made me a more adept player. And I don't mind the tactics once I learn the defense over them, right? Right. And then I get back. it, It makes you more competitive. And then when I get back to playing my family and my friends, now I'm annihilating them because I, I'm, I was exposed to this secret guidebook that I learned through my experience and that it make it makes me a better player. And I, I found that very synonymous to what the preface was talking about of people who are saying that playing with power or calling it a game. I don't want to play that game, but you're going to continue to get annihilated every time. And you're going to wonder why you're not, you're not doing why you're not making it. And it's because you say you're not in. Right. People and got so, these taxes that they're using and they're beating you. Right. And so if you want to move up in position and gain power, you have to learn how to play the game. And, you know, unlike Madden, you know, you might have it might have taken you a few games to kind of start understanding, you know, how to 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 defend this this play that this guy this kid across the country is doing against you and getting all these touchdowns well it's the same thing in the game of of power here you know it it may it may take you many years of practice of 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 practicing these these laws and putting them into action but you know the more just like anything the more you practice it the better you'll become the more successful you'll be and you'll start stringing along these 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 laws. And again, we've seen it. Like we've talked about, uh, TJ and I have, have talked about this, and talked about how a lot of like big name celebrities or rappers or um, other people, radio power, personalities, yeah, ra- radio personalities, people of power. Um, we've seen how they've done this in their real lives, and have gained success from it. So. That's what we're doing. Uh, we're trying to practice it. And we're trying to share what we learn um, with you guys. And hopefully you guys actually will go out and also read this book as well. Because, you know, we can't go over everything. But, no, we can't, um, man. There's no way. I mean, if you get the unabridged version, it's like 20 hours, it's like 20 yeah. hours long. Yeah, man. we got the unabridged version. So we are doing the whole 20 so, hour joint. There's there's no way that we can talk about everything, and especially since we want to keep the show down to be a quick hitter. But again, we're going to plan on talking about the things that hit home to us the most. And uh, we're going to talk about that and hopefully it will it will empower you to go and get the book yourself and make you want to see what all the fuss is about. You know what I mean? 
Right. And, um, and I guess quickly, because like you said, we want to keep this one down. So let's kind of talk about a couple other things that um, that we saw in the book. And so um, I know they had mentioned something about or he had mentioned Robert Greene and Richards mentioned something about on the outside seem to respect niceness. Um, mm-hmm. And I might be paraphrasing that. I'm sure I am. Um, but then he said, place an iron, an iron hand inside a velvet glove. Inside of what kind of glove? A velvet glove. Velvet glove, right. Iron iron hand in a velvet glove. So you're powerful, you're strong, but you're going to place this thing in a glove that's very soft and delicate. Right. You So okay. So that's kind of um, a way of of deception, in a sense. You're, 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 on the outside, it seems very soft and very nice, but in the inside, you're a hardened, you know, vet veteran here and um you know how to play the game i i i definitely feel like i see where he's coming from on that uh-huh. he also talked about about um your emotions and how to master controlling your emotions and this can be a way you know um, one of those things that he's talking about as far as having the velvet glove you know if you kind of mask your emotions and, and how do we put that? Uh, that emotion cloud reason. It does, right? Especially anger, the mo- the emotion right. of anger. So he was saying that the um, the most important thing, the 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 most crucial skill to learn is mastering the emotions, is what he said. And he was right. saying that emotional responses are your uh, your greatest barrier to power. Because they cloud reason, and anger is the most destructive of of them all. Um, it clouds reason the most, and the events that happen from anger it creates a, a ripple effect. Because if you're angry and you do something, it just continues on into something that becomes uncontrollable. I mean, yeah, think about all the stupid things you've done out of anger. You know, you were anger angry in that moment, and all the bad decisions you've made in your lifetime. I mean, right. we've all done you, it, right? You've got you got mad and you did whatever action it was, and then somebody found out about that action, so it made them mad, and then they did an action against you of some sort, and then it just turns into, or you get in some type of trouble, and it turns into this thing you can't control anymore. Right. And it was all based on that first emotional response of you acting out of anger. So that they he said Robert Greene said that this. The most crucial key to power is being able to control your emotions and especially the emotion of anger. Right. And he also mentioned that um, that love can also be an emotion that's not as not as powerful as anger, I guess. But it's something you definitely have to keep in check when making decisions. Right. Exactly. Because it blinds you to somebody else who might be playing the power game. And you will be blind to the moves that they're making. It'll cloud your judgment because you're in love. So love will could cloud your judgment um, when you're making when you're making decisions. And you shouldn't. And that's the thing that he was saying. You shouldn't be making decisions based off emotion. You need to take your emotions out of the decision making process. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be cliche here and generalize, but I mean this is what I've seen in my lifetime. That that's one thing that men and women do differently. The women in my life that I know have acted on emotion a lot more 
and men do it too but uh i i think that uh it's it's a it's a big thing that happens is acting on emotion and doing things out of the emotional versus off of the logic i would say in my household i would probably act more on logic than emotion based on the feeling um i would act on more of what is the outcome what are you going to get from it what is the gain what is the uh you know what is uh what is the downside? What is the what is the downfall? What is the true value? I try to be more logical with it. Right. Versus in my household, um, others might act on emotion more. Right. And I know, so, um, go ahead. I was going to say, and I know for some people, you know, for those who aren't, you know, able to control their, their emotions so well, uh, Green had, has suggested that you distance yourself by uh, from the present moment. And think more objectively of past and the future. Um, and then you have to look both directions at once. And that kind of, that was really hard for me because, I mean, since reading um, Do You uh, by Russell Simmons, like one of the big things for mm. him was was about living in the present. Living in the present. Well, yep, here's Robert Greene saying do the exact opposite. And I could see the reasoning for that in this power struggle I'm not sure if that's something that I would want to do all the time because all the he time. because because he's basically encouraging you to worry. Like I'm, I've always been the type where if something I'm about to do something, um, say like my car is going to the shop, and mm-hmm. the way I look at it is, okay, I need to be prepared for whatever the worst possible scenario is going to be. You know, maybe they're going to say it costs eight hundred dollars at the worst. You know, uh-huh. I, I might even ask him, like, what's the most that this can possibly cost if, you know, how, how bad can this be? So I'm already mentally prepared for that. That's what Robert Greene is suggesting that we do. Now, you know everything what, else. I think, I was, oh, real, okay. real quick. Everything else that I've read, you know, when they say thinking the now, you know, I'm not, I shouldn't, if, I, if I'm focused on the now, I can't worry about what this could potentially cost. You know, I'm not going to be sitting there just stirring for the next four four hours, you know, snowing about this, uh, what this car might cost if I was gotcha. living in the now. Okay. I, I would say that, that that's true. Um, I think that the living in the now is allowing you to enjoy your life more versus sitting around right. worrying all day. But I think in your situation where you're talking about the car, I don't feel like that there's a power game in the car. The fact is your car is broken. You need to get it fixed. You're going to either do it yourself or pay somebody to do it. So you're right. Live in the now and worry about how much it's going to cost when it gets there. Right. But when you're talking about planning how you're going to succeed in a career, in a lifestyle, I think that planning is key. No matter what it is, whether you're playing a sport, you need to practice. You need to plan for what the defense is going to do for you, right? So right. I think there's a separation in when this needs the, these these theories and these rules need to be applied. Right. There's a, they're, they're situational. So at work, I'm definitely going to be looking at who's applying these rules and how I apply them better at work. Um, possibly at home, I might think about how I apply these rules. But there are certain situations that happen that's not about power, something that's very succinct and something that's very, it just is what it is. My car broke. I need to take it to the shop. I'm not thinking about the worst possible outcome or unless I'm just trying to get the money together. You know what I'm saying? Well, even if you say, say if you're about to ask somebody for something, like say if you're about to approach, approach a girl, 
Uh-huh. You know, should you be living in the present at that moment or should you be thinking about the worst outcome? He's, he's, he specifically said, think about the worst outcome. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> objectively, though. Objectively. So I don't he think say he's saying to sit around and worry about when she says no, what am I going to do next? It's more of, okay, so she can say yes or she can say no. If she says yes, it's a given. That's a whole nother route. I think about that. If she says no, what's going to be my plan B? He specifically said that you don't think about the past um, and, and think about the hurt and the turmoil that it caused. You think what you can get from it and what you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that applies to the future as well. Not think about the hurt that you're going to get, but think about what the outcome is going to be specifically. And I think that I keep one from worrying because I don't believe in worrying. Or you can go in with not thinking about the past or the future and just go and be you without any thought about what happened in the past. The last time you approached a girl or, you know, what if she says no, maybe you're, you're too focused on those things and not able to, you know, be the true you at that moment when you really need to be. But the thing is, is then at that case, then what is the you? What is you? Is you failing all the time? Is that who you are? Where every time you talk to a chick, you fail at it. And if you are, then why is that? But you shouldn't be. Why th- have that's, you failed? But you wouldn't be time? thinking about that if you weren't thinking about what happened in the past. If you're just saying, maybe if you say there's a pretty girl. Should. There's a pretty girl checking out in the line. I'm going to go talk to her and start talking to her about, you know, Fuji apples or something. Or was it Fuji? Fuji? Fuji apples. You know, right. whatever it is. You know, if if you're thinking about the past, you might not even notice that she got these Fuji apples. That's true. That might be that might be very true. But I guess I guess it's um I guess it just appears or it depends on what you're trying what you're trying to achieve. If you realize that I haven't had a date in a year, and why hasn't that happened? It might be because you had bad breath the whole time. If you don't sit back and think objectively <laughs> that it was after lunchtime every time and you keep getting turned down, or if you don't think objectively about why you continuously failed, then you won't be able to change it. Right. Which is supposedly the definition of insanity. Keep doing the same thing and expecting a different, different outcome. Result, yeah. So, right. So, um, I think that he definitely has a point. And that's another thing that, I've, that I'm learning about the book. You have to learn when to apply it and when not exactly. to. But that's exactly. why he's just giving you the information and you apply it when it fits. Exactly. And so, so yeah. And so our goal here will, again, like TJ mentioned, we will talk about, um, you know, how we've perhaps applied some of these laws in our own lives. You know, we've already discussed, you know, how we've seen it come into play in some of the celebrities' lives and that kind of thing, and so um, that's going to be pretty much what this po- uh, excuse me this power cast will be about. Will be about um, just sharing these thoughts with you guys and hopefully bringing something to you that right. you can use in your own life to make you gain the success that you are looking for. Right, because at the end of the day, we're doing this to help ourselves grow. And we want to try to help our listeners grow as well. If it works for you. Yeah. Um, the book also said that there are some people who listen to it and feel like it's not for them. And that's cool, too. Right. Um, and that that might be a thing. There's one other example I want to go over really quick that really hit home to me. 
um, before we before we run out. I know I know we're getting close on time, but it was talking about that you must be able to have, you must be able to master many faces, and your face must be malleable, and you must be able to change your face, right? And we kind of do that already. That's what we do in the Corporate Streets podcast. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about having a corporate face and also having a street face and being able right. to understand both, right? Right. And and so he was saying that you must be able to play with the appearances, your you know, play with appearances to maintain power. And he did talk about the negative perception of deception. And he was just saying that you shouldn't look at it as immoral or ugly. And there's deception in all human interactions. And when he said that, it brought me to think about something that's very true. So think about this. So when you go to go buy something, the sale of goods and services, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my definition of a good deal is when a customer can walk away and he felt like he paid a good price for that good or that service, right? Wouldn't right. that be a good deal right. if I felt like I paid a good price? Now, the appearance to the customer is that he got a discount, right? Because he thought he paid what the item was worth. But if you, and, and, and if you pay that price or less than that, you've gotten a good deal. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, and then the seller gave the appearance that they sold it for as low as they possibly could and and it was good enough for them to sell so obviously they got a good profit right but that's a play on appearances because maybe he could have went lower than that and maybe that 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 a price would have been fine he deceived you into thinking that you got a good price but you walked away fine with the price that you paid because you feel like you got a good deal from it and that's playing with the faces of deception in a sense that's power you you empowered that customer into thinking they got a good deal. And on the flip side, though, it don't just go that way. It goes two ways. On the flip side, customers also, um, they also play with the appearance that they only have a certain amount of money, right? So they'll haggle you down. They'll say, hey, man, uh, all I have, look, I have $5. That's all I have. And so you kind of coerce the... <laughs> The, the person who's selling the product, the seller, into giving it to you for that price. But that's almost never true. That's almost never true that the person only has that amount of money because they can go to the bank or they a lot of the times they have money in the pocket. I've done it. But you're trying to get the seller to sell it to you right at that time. And that's playing with deception. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So um, I just thought that that was a really clear case that I wanted to get out. Um, when people think that, man, deception is, is bad. Deception is negative. It just, this whole idea of power being a game just makes me look at life differently. Rather than getting mad at situations, it, it just, it makes me feel like, okay, that guy outwitted me that time on that situation. They scored on me. I need to score on them. And and instead of getting mad and feeling like, oh, man, he played me or he got me, the competitor in me makes me want to allow that to not happen again and that all comes up that all comes up um actually pretty early on in the um in the book where they kind of address these types of things where it might appear that someone is one someone's one but the power play made to the power play would be to let them think that even though you pretty much control that situation um and so these things will come up all the time within the book and, and they go into depth and we will also go into depth about uh, all of these different uh, methods and these laws. Yeah, I'm so, super excited about it, man. And so, yeah, because I've been I've been enjoying what I've been listening to. I would read the book, but time is pretty limited. So while I'm in my car, 
um, after I've listened to the Corporate Streets podcast, <laughs> I go in and listen to the audio book of the 48 Laws of Power and try to learn myself something. Yeah. Try to learn me something. Yeah. And so um, you guys, you are now listening to the Corporate Streets Powercast. And this is the Powercast where we do not do outros. So I would like to thank you <laughs> for listening to the first episode. Um Next week, we will get into the first law. The first law is never outshine the master. Yeah. So we will discuss that. And see, TJ, he was just trying not to outshine me because I'm the master. I d- right. This was your this was your thing. So, so, so he I just, didn't want to try to outshine it. you. So, I just let you live. So I appreciate <laughs> that. I, I, like, I appreciate <laughs> that you did that. So, all right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Um, this show was probably going to be a little longer since this was the intro, but we had to let y'all know what was up. And I'd like to thank you for listening and have a great day. Yep. Peace.